0: Welcome back. It's Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. It is Braille Literacy Month. You know how significant Braille is for the blind and partially sighted community. It's pretty much the best written language and code that we have. However... There's a whole bunch of technology that keeps popping up that people are asking the question how relevant is Braille in 2024? Same way it happened in 2023, in 2022, in 2021. It's nuanced and requires perspective. Thankfully, Lisha Yoshemowicz can offer some of that perspective. Lisha is the content manager for Paths to Literacy. Hey, Lisha, thank you for making time this morning. Great to talk to you.
1: Good morning.
0: I I know the core question is a difficult one and a nuanced one, but in your mind, how important is braille for the community?
1: So, it's it's not complex at all. How important is print to the sighted world? There you uh, go. <laughs> it's the same it's it's the same question. We still want our children to learn to read. So, it's Very cut and dry for me as part of a a warrior for advocating for having our our students be readers.
0: And technology has been oftentimes framed as a threat to Braille literacy, but that isn't necessarily the truth. How is technology being leveraged to complement Braille literacy?
1: So... It, from my perspective, um, technology only uh, um, removes barriers. Braille used to be very big and clunky, and you had to wait in order to get the Braille materials Braille to um, the individuals who needed Braille. But now with technology, we have refreshable Braille. We have um, apps that convert print and auditory input into braille immediately. So it actually enhances, and really is an exciting time in order to learn braille because you can see the benefits of learning braille immediately and not having to be that patient reader anymore.
0: What's the path to make sure that more individuals continue to get access to Braille and the technology that will help them learn Braille?
1: So Braille can sometimes be a scary thing um, if you don't know Braille. I see a lot of teachers and families, oh, I don't know Braille, so we can't incorporate this into our child, students, young adults' life, which is not the case anymore with apps and computer technology. Oftentimes, we can see the print along with the Braille, so we can all kind of interact together. So when we're looking for employment for individuals who use Braille, no longer is it, oh, I have to give you this information in Braille. Um, The Braille user can convert it instantly to print. So um, teachers, family members, and even employers can now um, interact with the Braille user in a way that um, creates no time gap.
0: How does Paths to Literacy fill into that?
1: So Paths to Literacy tries to create a bridge, tries to excite people about learning Braille and using Braille in our everyday environment. Students have access um, to the visual world that they can see print all around them um, once they you know start to see. So what we need to do is have access to Braille everywhere so that we can start at a very, very young age so that it's just part of our world.
0: If I read between the lines there... How much of that is about getting the general public up to snuff on a general level of Braille literacy, not simply looking at this singularly as a blind and low vision community issue?
1: Oh, I'm so glad you said that because I think that's the key. It's the hook. Um, I have so many um, students in Uh, classrooms that want to learn sign language because it's fun and exciting. Well, Braille's that way too, and that's why the month of January is a perfect time to expose our um, sighted peers and population to Braille. Learning Braille is a fun, um, exciting thing to learn. It's kind of a secret code, but it doesn't have to be a secret anymore. We can share it. And if you wanted to um, explore Braille right now, I advise you to go on the internet and do a little braille transcription. It's kind of like if you wanted to learn French or Spanish and you were an English speaker, you could translate it immediately. Now you can translate braille immediately. And even though you won't feel the dots because you don't have the right technology, as a um, sighted person, you could see the dots and you could start learning braille on your own right now.
0: My other thought here, I know talking to a lot of community members, there's obviously a difference between someone like me who was born blind and people who acquire a a vision disability during the course of their life. And, I, and I've noticed the difference, it, me, me excluded, because it never worked for me, and I always had enough vision that I was able to get by, but I've always yes. noticed that perhaps there's a reluctance for people who are losing their vision to get engaged in Braille. What are some strategies and techniques to ensure that they feel comfortable getting their fingertips on some Braille and getting some of that education, when when perhaps things like, like voiceover and audio assistance become a much more familiar option? Well,
1: sure. I... I think what's important is to to know the individual, just like you said, the Braille was never a great option for you because you had the ability to read fast enough with print and also auditorily. What we need is the, we need experts out there. We need teachers and tech people who know about Braille and auditory input so that we can incorporate it all and individualize it for each person. So if you're losing your sight and you're reluctant to learn braille, um, what we have to ask ourselves is, do we enjoy the love of literacy? If you're losing your sight And you can get by with a little bit of print, um, and it's at a slow pace. You can always hook up to auditory. And that's a great option, because if you're learning Braille, you don't want to rely on it to learn new content, or it's going to be really frustrating. So that auditory input can be really important. And then while you're doing that, we can also incorporate Braille lessons and get you excited about the joy of reading again through touch. And there's nothing like the, the joy of learning Braille through touch. That can be such a, a um, such a wonderful experience that goes way beyond just listening to a story.
0: Mm. Alicia, I know this is a really important month for you and your colleagues. It's certainly an important one for the community as well. Thank you for taking some time today to share a little bit of perspective. I'm grateful.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I love talking about frail. So anytime.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, hey, don't don't make that promise if you're not willing to follow up on it because because we're, we're going to drag you back on. Don't worry about that.
1: Oh, absolutely. I
0: look forward to it. Thank <laughs> Fan- you for having me. <laughs> Fantastic. That's uh, Alicia Jocimowicz. Alicia is content manager for Paths to Literacy. Paths to Literacy.org to learn more. Paths to Literacy.org to learn more. Uh, coming up after the break, uh, maybe not the most uplifting thing in the world uh, the state of the world's oceans. You know, serious and significant challenges. Lawrence Gunther will reflect on some of the top ones, affecting, uh, well, (laughs) all of them. A little bit of uh, doom and gloom. We're all gonna die with Lawrence Gunther coming up after the break. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv.